Welcome to On the Road to No Place Left. This is Feeney, and I'm driving as we learn to share the gospel, make disciples, and reproduce leaders and churches until there is no place left where the name of Jesus hasn't been heard. This is Season 7, with a special focus on ministry to Muslims. Leading up to Ramadan 2024, you'll find weekly episodes highlighting what God is doing among Muslims. Then throughout Ramadan, I'll be dropping short daily prayer prompts. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, or if you want them in your email inbox, sign up at ontheroad.link. That's ontheroad.link. This is the second part of an interview with Mike Shipman, the author of the book Any Three, Lead Muslims to Christ Now. Check out the first half of the interview in the previous episode. Let's jump in, where I start by asking Mike about how God is using Any Three today. We started before we hit record just talking about work among um, diaspora in the U.S., so maybe that'd be a place to turn. Would you have any stories to share of God using this method, even just uh, on this side of the pond, and um, would love to just be encouraged by by that? Our, our ministry now, as we minister to the diaspora throughout North America, immigrants, refugees, and international students, is more broadly focused than Muslims, mm-hmm. and uh, so we're also, of course working to share the gospel with Hindus, Buddhists, uh, Catholics, and just all, all the various UPGs living here in North America. And we're finding that, that people who are, you know, intentional about going out where the diaspora are making relationships and sharing, you know, are seeing, are seeing God work in in really very similar ways. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just the other day I was out walking in a park, not far from my house, praying. And as I was walking, I sense the Lord saying, go walk toward the woods. I'm like, you know what? I wasn't walking toward the woods. If I keep walking the way I'm walking, I'm going to pray about the same amount of time. But I had this strong sense that if I don't walk toward the woods, I'll be disobeying the spirit of the Lord. And so I actually said out loud, Lord, I don't really understand. But I think you're telling me to walk to the woods. And so I will. And as I walked to the woods, I met a, I met a, a, a Hindu man there. I walked through those woods all the time. It wasn't like I've expected that someone would be there, but he was there. And I was able to uh, just have a conversation, go through these same basic steps, share the good news of the gospel. He was very open. And we've been having this ongoing conversation since then. Or I, and I think about being in another major city in the United States. My friend and I went out to share. And as we're, we're driving in the car, He's praying that God would meet us with someone who's open to the gospel. Without getting very specific, we met an Afghan man. And when we asked him, you know, so he spoke very good English. So how long have you been in the States? He said one year. And as we started counting, it was almost exactly. You could try to count the time back one year from the exodus, you know, from Afghanistan. And, and as I shared the gospel with him, I got to the place where I asked him. So. You believe what I've told you about Jesus. Let me back up just a little bit. Yeah. I asked him, have you ever heard this story before? He said one time. And he talked about how back when he was in Afghanistan, he had heard the good news of the gospel from another Afghan. It was an amazing story. And so, of course, I made sure he understood that we had prayed before we came and God had led us to him. And so. When I asked him, do you believe what I told you? He said, yes. And so we were able to, to do follow up with him. Praise the Lord. So, you know, God's working and it's not just that he works over there, but doesn't work over here. Yep. 
think about the Somali guy. We were just as we were just hanging out in an apartment complex. My, a friend and I met a, met a young man, shared the gospel with him. And having shared the gospel at the end of the gospel presentation, he said, is Jesus God? He said, I don't want to argue. I really want to know. Mm. And so from there, my friend did follow up with him for a time. He did harden because I believe he was receiving pressure from his family. But once again, that story is not that story is not done. Those are great. I want to I want to have two kind of directions that are in my mind. One, obviously, all these stories and that you've shared and um, 10 years since the book came out, even uh, you have a small section in the book about um, the method being effective especially kind of those opening sequences with um, non-muslims anything you're learning there about even now you've shared you just threw out a hindu obviously uh, i haven't yet been able to practice it with a like a catholic or a nominal christian but i can see that lostness question being a very very instructive so just was kind of wanted to open that floor up for anything you wanted to share there thanks before i answer that question i remind everyone that any three is the our default evangelism approach. It's just a it's the first part of a larger larger CPM plan, mm-hmm. you know, called Greater Works Guide. Sometimes people call it Big One because we draw it on a large number one. And here in the United States, once again, we call it Plan A. But we're we're basically talking about as we abide in Christ, how would we meet someone and share the gospel with them? That's any three and. Then, you know, with those believers who come to faith, we baptize them, teach them to proclaim the gospel and plant churches in their community. So this is it's really as we abide in Christ, it's the first thing we do with people. It's certainly not certainly not the whole thing. And we can talk about how we do follow up a little bit later. Yeah. Okay. so the question is, is related to. All right. So other than Muslims, how how might we use the any three approach to share with them? It it helps to know that religious Catholics, religious Orthodox, religious religious Jews, and we might even say religious Mormons have a very a very similar works based religion. Mm-hmm. And so, as we relate to these particular groups, as we're learning their language, I mean, I'm not not necessarily language, perhaps language, but as we're learning their culture better and their belief system better. We can share with them this basic way because those are works-based religions. Uh, people often ask me, so I have a Catholic friend. How might I share with them? I say, you might just share this way. Use Christian terminology. But share this way. And and I've, I've had multiple situations where people have said it went really well. Or I think of one situation where someone's mom uh, had come to faith and, and these kinds of things. So when people are trying to do good works to earn God's approval, that question we mentioned earlier. So, what are you doing to get your sins forgiven? Is is mm-hmm. it is immediately relevant to them? Yeah. Well, what about you know some of the Asian religions, perhaps animists, and those? Once again, as you get to know people better, you can, you'll know some more specific nuances of communication and how you might share. However, generally, as I was talking to my friend who. He came, he was a Brahmin priest when he came to faith overseas and planted house churches there. Now he's in the States and he's doing the same thing here. And so as he and I interacted and we're talking about this issue, he said, for them, it's all about fear, all about overcoming fear. 
So if we think through any three, get connected. That's very similar. Hi, how are you? Tell me about yourself, your family, what you like to do, that kind of stuff as we pray. But then the transition, what are your religious beliefs? If they were to answer, perhaps I'm a Hindu or something of that variation, the response might be, you know what? There are similarities between our religions. We're all trying to overcome our fear of the spirit world and the fear of what happens when we die. Mm. Yeah. And so what are you doing to overcome your fear? And then let them talk about it, right? They might talk about religious rituals, they're praying, their little sacrifices, you know, different things. We listen, we ask inquisitive questions. And then so uh, the admission questions we talked about earlier. So uh, have you come to the place where you're, You've, you've achieved what you're shooting for, that you no longer have to do these things. And of course, they're going to say, no, not yet. Well, when? When might you come to the place where you can quit doing this? They'll say, I don't, don't know, perhaps never. And then the question, so when you die, will it go well for you or not? You know, we don't talk about reincarnation and those kinds of things. We simply ask, so will it go well for you or not? And most most of those people will say, I don't think so, or I don't know. But, you know, there's this dread and this fear of the afterlife. So you know, very similar, just with questions phrased differently. Mm-hmm. So for generally for works-based religions, what are you doing to get your sins forgiven? And for the more either animistic or perhaps, you know, Hindu type religions, what are you doing to overcome your fear of the spirit world and the fear of what happens when you die? And then, of course, we can also we can uh, mention those things much more specifically when we share the gospel and the get to the gospel section. That's great. And I would love to um, have you share about some of that follow up and even how that's tied. This is just kind of the piece of the plan, right? That's the the danger. We can kind of over elevate it. But before I do that, I just even want to share. You can respond if you'd like. But I know I've experienced it. I've done a lot of training in how to share the gospel. A lot of believers um, will just be like, well, I can't do that. Shouldn't we be more relational? Like all these things. And what I, I love comes through both in the book and even in your stories is it, it is relational, right? Like the the Jesus and the woman at the well did not just go, well, I'm just going to blitz this and then move on, right? He was He actually genuinely loved her and cared for her. Where we sometimes slip into believing a lie is that we we can't actually have a good relationship with somebody in that first meeting we think that we have to like build six six weeks or six months so i just love how much that comes through in your stories even of just the love and care and the relationships that are built even as you're seeking and following the spirit to to share the good news that first first meeting so just thought that was a a thing i wanted to highlight thanks so we build our relationships on the gospel so we guide the conversation to the gospel during the first meeting, and then we then the goal is to continue the relationship. But we continue the relationship based on the gospel, and but you know that that's a very good point. We have, we we love God, we love people, and if it becomes a program for us, it's time to back off to confess our confess our sin, you know, and to once again begin simply walking with the Lord, loving people, and then simply identifying ourselves. Yeah. As opposed to over strategizing on when's the best time to identify myself and how might I do that is to simply live out the gospel as they did in the New Testament. I'm sure we could spend the hours then talking about 
kind of a follow-up plan. So however you want to do the flyover view, just to kind of give people that those next steps if they're interested. And I'll provide links both to the book and um, even any resources you want to send me to connect. But just kind of give us that overview. Again, any three is not the end of the plan to make disciples, right? It's actually just the first right. step. So go ahead and give us some of that as, as kind of right. quick as you think is helpful. Okay, any three went viral because it answered the need of, hey, really, we can hang out with Muslims today and share the gospel, and it usually goes well, even if they don't respond well, you know, even if they don't believe. That, so any three went viral, and within our country of service, our discipleship plan went viral and resulted in numerous church planning movements, multiplying churches, uh, last I heard, we had 34, gener- 34 generation churches, and um, in one of the movement streams who have now planted in the 35th generation. But any three was simply that, that early conversation about the gospel. So how do we go from there now to the rest of the plan? Once again, these are the primary questions I answer in my book, Plan A, Abiding Christ, Disciple of the World. Having shared the gospel, what are the next steps? So that's the full the full dose, but it's important to, to understand the simple way of doing follow up. This is how we do that. Most people who are coming to faith uh, through the any three method are not coming to faith the first time the gospel is shared, although some do. Most people are coming to faith during the first, second, or third follow up visits. It's important to know that. So, well, a that says you know do follow up, but we had to we we had to to have a way of doing follow up that led to grouping, and then from grouping to healthy churching. But so right now, just well, how how did we do follow up in a way that led to grouping? Of course, we tried several things, but this is the what we finally landed on was was been extremely effective. So we share the gospel today, and if, if possible, hang around. You don't have to come back tomorrow to do follow-up. If you have time and they have time, go ahead and just go into it. We're always thinking about next meeting, but often it's better just to stay. Having said that, after we share the gospel, let's say today, and someone has some signs of openness, Steve Smith always said, use your watch, not your calendar, which I think is a good phrase. You know, go back soon. Tomorrow or the next day, but go back soon. And when we go back, we do three simple things. This is some people, you know, we often talk about the three thirds process. You can see, I want you to see in this germinal phase how simple the three thirds process is for us. And later it develops as we, as we begin to get to planning churches. Three simple things. So we go back. Hey, how are you? We continue the conversation. And then we ask the question. Remember that story yesterday about Jesus and Adam and Eve? Did you share that with anyone else? We hope they did. And if they didn't, we encourage them. Now, we share this with you. And as we, as, as we study these spiritual truths, we should always be sharing them with others. Sometimes they'll open up how they share it with their wife or they share it with their friend. We say, how did that go? And just encourage them to keep doing that. So the first simple thing is, did you share it with anyone? The next thing we're going to do is tell another sacrifice story and use a question set to talk about it. You know, T for T recommends three questions. SOS, what does it say? What is there to obey with whom we share it? SOS. We had six questions we used, but people have different question sets. 
So we tell another story. For us, during the first follow-up visit, we tell the Adam and Eve story again. But this time, we add Cain and Abel, which is a very short story, instead of the Jesus parts. And we didn't share the gospel during the first meeting. And so now we tell Adam and Eve again. It's going to be very important. A, I think if we were to survey the most effective Muslim evangelists around the planet, most would say that Adam and Eve is their most effective story other than Jesus. And they have a very similar story without the narrative. And so we tell that story. Generally, they're going to agree with most of the details. And also, when they begin sharing the gospel later, this can be a very important story for them to know if they're going to use the Antifree method, because that's the primary story along with Jesus, Lamb of God. So, first thing, did you share it with anyone? The second thing, we tell our next story using a question set. We guide the conversation back to the gospel and give them a chance to respond. So, and the third simple thing we do is pray for them in Jesus' name. You know, I pray to God in Jesus' name. I know he hears my prayers. How can I pray for you? We're going to pray for their needs, of course, and give God a chance to reveal himself through answered prayer. We're also going to pray that God will help them share these true stories from his word with other people. Hmm. Three simple things. Did you share it with anyone? Tell the next story and use your question set, guiding the conversation back to the gospel and giving them a chance to respond. And the third simple thing is always pray for them in Jesus' name. Those three things. Mm-hmm. A, it's been a very, a very a very effective way to lead them to faith. But B, we have to have a way so that when these people come to faith, they begin sharing with others. So our friend comes to faith, he or she begins sharing with others, and those people are open. What do they do? Well, three simple things. They gather. And so did you share this with anyone? Tell the next story using a question set and pray in Jesus' name. They just formed a group. All right. Now, it's, it's not it's a group. It's not a church. Mm-hmm. These are people who are interested in the gospel. They're hearing the gospel through this process of follow-up. If they don't come to faith, this group will disband. If they come to faith, we will train this new believer. You go and you baptize. So they will baptize them. And this group is now a group of baptized believers who we will guide through a process of discipleship to form a church. So you see the importance of these three simple things is not that it's only, it's it's a very good way to lead people to faith. So when they begin sharing with the the gospel with others and those people are open, they have just formed a group. If they come to faith, if then they're baptized, they have a core now of what will become become a church. Mm -hmm. And we'll we'll guide through discipleship to to be a healthy church. So, just those three simple things have been very important of getting beyond evangelism. As I've coached teams around the world, the difference between people who see an evangelism movement and a church planting movement is, is something like this. It's a way so that when new believers are sharing with others, groups form, leads to baptism and the formation of churches. But without that, we simply have people sharing the gospel with others who share the gospel with others. This is the group formation, which becomes the church formation piece. That's so good. Could talk a lot more on that, but I just love that, um, that there is that simple pathway to, to move towards gatherings, to move towards actually multiple generations, um, and then also to continue to come back to the gospel, obviously move to faith too. So those are great. Um, 
kind of wanted to just give you to wrap up um, the opportunity to give a challenge to anybody that's listening. Uh, I would even love for you to give it specific to to reaching Muslims. Um, um, whatever you've learned or is on your heart from um, your years overseas or now back um, stateside, just uh, yeah, I'd love to kind of give you that last word. God's working to bring people to Himself, and it's, it's very evident in the Muslim world. Of course, many are having dreams and visions. Mm-hmm. So that's why in the any three book, I say do evangelism, not pre evangelism, because God Himself does pre evangelism. And by doing evangelism, we can we can begin to see the work that God has done that has preceded us. Others perhaps have shared these other seeds have been planted. People have had dreams. And now they hear the gospel. And some of those actually get saved early, although through with many of them. If they're coming to faith anytime soon, it is in those early follow-up, early follow-up visits. But God is working to draw Muslims to himself. And as we pray and walk in the spirit by faith. If we're prepared to share the gospel, God just has a way of meeting us with the people who are open to hear it. The thing that changes the game is not a method. It's the presence of the Lord, which becomes obvious as we're walking in the spirit, looking for people with whom to share and God working in their lives, meeting them up with us in opportune times and places. And so it's just a tremendous privilege to walk with the Lord, to be prepared. And then to experience the Lord's presence as he as he uses us to share. So as far as Muslims themselves, we're finding that no matter who we're talking to, if we're interactive, if we're relational, you know, we're smiling, enjoying the conversation. People tend to open up to us. And if we listen to them, then they listen to us is how it generally works out. And, you know, Muslims do have a very a very uh, predictable belief system in a sense. It's been amazing to me as we've trained people throughout the planet over the past 18 years or whatever it is now, how we train people for two or three hours, ideally three or four, give people a chance to practice before they go out. But when they go out, they come back talking about what the Lord did Mm-hmm. often leading to someone who's open so that that night or the days following the training those people come to faith it increases it increases our level of faith but it's often it's interesting to me that when the, often we send people out they come back and said it went just like you said it would now i mean you know i mean there are all kinds of variations and but i'm just the, the point is there is a predictable belief system and also a predictable flow of the conversation. Doesn't mean there aren't any exceptions. Stuff happens. Right. But I've heard that so many times that, yeah, it went kind of like this. Yeah. It's kind of cool to kind of know how the conversation is going to flow. So we don't stress it. We hang out, even if people are seem a little more on the radical side and are trying to convert us or whatever, we listen because we know how it's going to play out. The gospel mm-hmm. is going to carry every conversation as long as the gospel heard clearly. We don't have to scream it. The gospel is no more powerful if we scream it as long as it's communicated clearly. Mm-hmm. So Muslims are Muslims want to believe the gospel deep down, many of them. And they're, you know, there's got a lot at stake. You know, they have to count the cost. It could be a very high cost. But deep down, I believe Muslims, believe, they really do believe the gospel is good news. And, want it, and they want to believe it. So by simply being prepared 
to share the gospel, do follow-up, and with the goal, as the Spirit leads us, to lead people to faith, lead them to be baptized, and lead them to share the gospel with others, forming groups that become churches. God's glorified as jars of clay like ourselves, like each one of us, are simply obedient. And then he does things that we can't describe, and we give him glory for it. Mm-hmm. So the Lord is drawing Muslims to himself and simply by sharing the gospel, giving people a chance to respond and following up according to the plan he gave us, he makes it work. So, mm-hmm. and I'll just ask you, so who are the Muslims and other others, especially internationals in our regular flow of life with perhaps we've not shared the gospel with them yet. So the challenge I give us is, of course, pray. But then do a little bit of study and just go talk to them, share, and let God do what he does. If you enjoyed this interview, be sure to subscribe to get future Muslim-focused episodes. If you want to join a 24-7 prayer initiative for Muslims of a specific people or place, check out PrayForMovement.org. That's Pray, the number 4, Movement.org. And look for the Ramadan 2024 tab. From there, you can find dozens of peoples or places to sign up to pray for. And if you don't see a people you have a heart for, I encourage you to create your own campaign to be the one to catalyze prayer. Thanks for listening. This is Feeney, encouraging you to share the gospel, make disciples, and reproduce leaders and churches until there is no place left where the name of Jesus hasn't been heard.